Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And that is launched out to deep left field. Big fly for Mike Trout. This is ground ball to second base. Red Heagle falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. It's gone. Big fly for Anthony Rendon. Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. Brandon Marsh. This is Chris Rodriguez. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And what is going on is another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Down Garcia. And obviously, this series did not go the way the Angels wanted, or even, you know, even us fans. You know, you expect to take two out of three against a team like Texas, if not sweep them. It didn't happen, but we are here nonetheless. We will be here every time the series ends, uh, win or lose, because that's just who we are. So, unfortunately, we still have to recap it. So, let's recap it first with Bundy on the mound. Um, so, he took them out on Monday to the, the open up the series. Uh, Bundy being the guy that a lot of people are looking to be that um, main stopper the guy that should win games surprisingly he hasn't won a game yet but has pitched very well um you know the first inning kind of goes by second inning goes by in the third inning he does give up a solo home run so now they're down one zero um he settles down after that point in the fifth inning he gets into a little bit of a jam he has a two-on-one out situation able to work out of it and it seems like um and it seems like when he's when he's good, he doesn't get in those situations. But when he's not, when everything's not firing for him, he gets in these kind of situations where there's two on one out or bases loaded, two outs, and he's able to work out of it. And he has done a really good job of that this season. But in the sixth sixth inning, they get to him a little bit after a leadoff walk, and I think walks um, will be a theme of this week, good or bad. But um, you know, walks will kill you. Walks will absolutely kill you. So he walks the leadoff man, and shortly after that, uh, he gives up three straight singles, and now the the score is three to zero. Um, it, not what you want, you know, from your top line starter. Um, he does go into the sixth inning. Uh, but he doesn't get a single out in the sixth inning. He only goes five plus innings, gives up seven hits, five earned runs, two walks, and six strikeouts. Again, um, not able to record an out in that sixth inning. Well, Steve Shechek comes in, and then he gives up three more. So now it's 6-0 Texas. And, you know, for a team that has been on fire, um, you we talked about this on the last podcast, you kind of worried about that time off. from the Twins, played Friday, COVID shut down uh, Saturday, COVID shut down again on Sunday. Was that momentum going to be able to be carried over into the series, having two days off? Um, you know, the last thing you want 
for a team that's hot, especially offensively, is taking time off that is not like scheduled or is not planned. It's just an abrupt boom. You have two days off. So I think I feel like that's kind of what happened in this game. They weren't able to get the mojo going, and by the time they did. Um, they, they they worked hard. They always seem to work hard. And in the seventh inning, the bats come alive, and it all starts with this. Inning, and here's the one-two. This is hit pretty well in a right center field. That ball's traveling out in right center field, and that ball is going to get out in right center field. Right center field for J-Up. J-Up going uptown funk on that one the other way. So, again, Umpton having a really good year. I think a year that a lot of fans – uh, we're not expecting, but it's having a really good year. His power numbers are going to be there. Um, if he can stay healthy, uh, again, he's going to be a force in this lineup for a while. But, you know, that was just one home run. Uh, Walsh will come up right after. He would double. Albert comes up after that, and he does 2-1. Pujols. Line drive base hit into left field. Like a kid out there. Walsh, come on down. 2,105 RBIs. So that puts the game uh, two to six. Again, they're starting to work back, and you kind of see this happening. Uh, they get on a little streak. They kind of pass the baton, as I like to say, and get guys on base and keep on going, keep on going. Well, Iglesias gets on base after Albert. So you have Albert on second, uh, Jose Iglesias on first, and, and something funny happened. Uh, Albert actually stole the base. Yes, he stole third base with Iglesias trailing behind him. Um, you can see when they showed it on the video feed on the TV that he, the pitcher never even looked back. He looked back once to check, but never intended to look back again because by the time the pitcher came home and by the time uh, the catcher gets the ball. Albert is, you know, three-fourths of the way to third base, and there's no play to be had, and he steals third, um, showing that sometimes, you know, being the smarter player, uh, being aware of your surroundings is a little bit better than being the fastest player. But um, right after that, and off the double steal, Kurt Suzuki comes in, singles in Albert. That makes it three to six. Um, and then the next at bat, a wild pitch happens. Iglesias scores uh, four to six. Uh, but that's all they can do. That's all they can muster. Again, putting themselves in a huge hole early, down six. Um, you're not going to come back from a lot of those games. Like even with a good offense, it's hard to depend on an offense that is going to do that every single game. And I think. Um, that's what happened with this one. That's what happened with um, this game. That first time out, you know, you're down so early. Yeah, it's great to get four in in an inning, but you know, six six giving up six runs through your pitching staff, you're not going to win a lot of games regardless. So this one kind of felt disappointing just because you had Bundy, and anytime you go into a game and have Dylan Bundy, you always feel like you have a shot. You always feel like he's going to be able to put up zeros in the uh, run column. Uh, this time out, he he wasn't able to. Um, the last couple of times, he's kind of flirted with what I feel is is, is getting himself in, in in certain situations where you walk a guy and then you give a base hit, but then you're able to work out of it and not give up a run. It seems like this time it kind of um, caught up with him because he was able to give. He gave up those three singles after a leadoff walk that kind of put the game not out of hand because it was only three zero at the time, but kind of got that ball rolling. And then uh, Steve Shishak gives up three more runs, and it's this you know. Unfortunate that it seems like the back end of this bullpen is solid as far as Iglesias and uh, Mike Meyer when used properly, and we'll get to that in a second. But uh, it seems like that back end and Chris Rodriguez, you can throw him back there. It seems like those guys are solid and dependable. 
Um, it's just I don't know necessarily if they have any of those other guys that when a pitcher goes only five innings and you need a sixth, seventh inning guy, um, you know, where do you go from that? You can use Chris for the seventh. I guess you can use Chris for the sixth and seventh, but after you use someone like Chris Rodriguez, it's shown that they are not going to use them day after day after day. They're going to give them two or three days off. So um, going to the next game, who's going to be that guy? It's, it's just, it's, you know, it's kind of hard to figure out what uh, those guys in the bullpen are going to be doing outside of your high leverage uh, Mike Myers and um, uh, Iglesias are going to be. So um, with that, obviously a very disappointed that you dropped that game to Texas that you feel was a very winnable game, but, they play the next day, and, and and that's exactly what you do. You come in, and you play the next day. And not only any day, this was Otani returning to the mound. A lot was made of the blister. took some a lot of time off for the blister. Um, he was going to be on a pitch count, and that's exactly what happened. He was on a pitch count this game. So because of that, they did not DH him like they did previously with the Chicago series because um, you don't want to risk losing that spot in the third or fourth inning and then having to kind of play um, pitch hitting baseball for the for the pitcher spot and um, the Angels is not having a huge bench depth wise is also another reason why you wouldn't do that and I think it's shown over the past you know couple weeks the depth of the Angels isn't great when these when our main guys are out there you know they are able to produce but when Rendon goes down and now you're trying to figure out third base. Third base has not been a contributing factor at all since Rendon's going down, gone down. Um, you know, Fowler's gone down. That right field spot, it's like when Walsh is out there, great, but then you have Albert at first, and Albert is kind of hit or miss. It's like I think this lineup is best when you have Walsh at first, and then you can have someone in the outfield to um produce. And this haven't seemed to find find that yet. So the depth is definitely going to be an issue. So going into the Otani start on Tuesday, uh, like I said, Mace's return from the mound from a couple weeks ago had the blister issue. Uh, and you can kind of see that rust kind of working its way through. He walks the bases loaded with one out in the first inning, but then strikes out the next two guys. So he puts himself in a situation where you, you, you kind of feel like, oh, this could snowball and on a pitcher, but he is able to work himself out of that. Um, Atani would end up walking six batters and only four innings pitch, but also striking out seven. So obviously I guess the term is effectively wild, if you will. Um, and that's exactly what he was. He was effectively wild walking guys, not at the best clip. Again, that's six guys over four innings. So that's over one per inning, seven strikeouts. Um, but you only have one hit, no runs at all. And something that was kind of interesting from this start, um, you saw, I think it was Jeff Fletcher, one of the beat writers posted that that first start where the blister issue really came up. It was because of his fastball and the friction from the ball onto his finger by using his four seamer. Well, in, in that first start, he used 57% fastball. Now, to kind of help the blister issue and not get it so agitated in this start, he only went 39% fastball. So, obviously, a, a big decrease there. But it seemed to work for him. It seemed like once he was able to kind of work some of the cobwebs out, um, he was he he was able to get guys out more consistently, and his pitching was more consistently in the later innings. Um, but again, he only won four innings pitched. Uh, that was part of the plan. And so, you know, for Otani's coming back to the mound, I think that was great. I think it's something they can build on. As of right now, as after we were 
as we record this Wednesday night, he is supposed to pitch Monday or is slated to pitch Monday out in Arlington. Um, so we'll see if that continues to go and maybe because they are going to extend him a little bit as far as um, pitch count. Does he bat now? That's going to be something interesting to, to kind of uh, watch as we go along. But Scott Shevler gets his first start as an angel out in right field. Uh, he would end up scoring on a sack fly in the third. It would give the Angels a 1-0 lead. And then in the fourth, Mike Trout was scoring a wild pitch. Um, gives him up 2-0. And then, you know, after Otani comes out, Griffin Canning would come in and kind of be that gapper guy that would give him a, a couple good innings. Um, came in the fifth, would give up a home run in the sixth to make it 2-1. But then... Uh, Mike Trout will come up the very next inning and get it back. The timing of the foot and also his head, where it is. I think he just did it. I think he just did it. The timing is back. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. And just kind of if you listen to that clip, they're talking about Trout's timing. And to that point, it seemed like Trout did have a, a hard time kind of getting his timing back and his foot down. Um, you see with a lot of strikeouts this year, he's, he, his strikeout numbers are really high for that at this point of the year compared to um, some other years of past. But, um, you know, it seems like he's still trying to work on that swing, which is dangerous because he's still, uh, I think at this point, will lead the team in home runs. And if he gets on and has everything working, he's going to be able to get put himself on that streak of, you know, three, four home runs a week and, you know, maybe 10, 15 RBIs every, you know, making two weeks kind of deal. Um, but yeah, he, you heard him mention it. The timing thing seems to be back. Huge home run, blasted it up into the home dugout, which if you've been to Angel Stadium, you know, or seen the game on TV, you know, it has to clear that visitor dugout first. So huge home run from Trout that would make it three to one. And like I mentioned, they get that run back that was given up by Canning. But, um, Rangers getting another one in the, in the seventh off a sack bunt. Um, guy on third, Joey Gallo comes up. Uh, obviously, with Gallo being uh, a big pool guy, uh, they shift everyone over to the first base side, leaving that little lane there, if you will, on the third base side. And then you know what? He just did a really smart play and puts down a bunt to get the run and make it three to two. Uh, Mike Meyer, who was on the mound at the time, did not seem to enjoy that a whole lot. It looked like he had something to say to Myers um, when he got on base. And then after he struck out the last for the third out, he kind of looks like he kind of looked over there and might have said something. But Mike Myers was on the mound um, in the seventh inning. He went an inning and two thirds, one walk, three strikeouts. So another good performance by Mike that, in my opinion, um, is how he would be using this game would obviously affect what happened today. And we'll get to that again, like I said, in a second, but with the angels only down or only up one in the seventh inning, they start pulling away and they started with this. And he got himself hit high fly ball center field. Albert will watch it. Sail out of here. And that's a home run by Albert Pujols up over by the rocks. Um, you know, any kind of production Albert gives you, you'll definitely take it. With Otani pitching at this game, um, Albert was able to DH and uh, Walsh was able to play first. Uh, again, ideally, you would want Otani DHing and Walsh playing first, but like I mentioned, they weren't going to use Otani as a DH today. So that brought the score up to four to two. And in the same inning, Kurt Suzuki gets his first Angel home run, and this is what it sounded like. Kurt Suzuki. 
Kentucky. My goodness, down the line. Oh, Kurt, did you? Did you? Wow. So, again, that's a two-run home run from Kurt Suzuki to kind of blow that game open. Made it 6-2, to two, and that's exactly how it would finish. Um, again, against a team like the Texas Rangers, you expect to win games like this. Offense is clicking. Um, defense pitching was really went really well. Uh, like I mentioned, you have Cannon giving up a run, but settled down after that. You had a sack bunt, I guess. I don't know what you uh, the the probably one of the guys that hit the furthest home run at, at Angel Stadium that I've seen by a visitor player decides to put down a bunt um, and score a run, but at least he's not hitting a home run. So I, you know, maybe you take that. I don't know. But other than those kind of two instances. The pitching was great. Uh, Myers was great. Uh, Iglesias, I believe, came in to close, even though it wasn't a close situation, come in and close the game off. But the Angels win 6-2. to two. You're thinking now, okay, that first game offense was kind of slipping because of the time off. And now after that late comeback attempt the night before, falling short and now putting up six runs, now you kind of thought in your head, or at least I did definitely in my head thought maybe, you know, this is it. This is the kind of run they can go on. And then with the afternoon game, you thought maybe perhaps, you know, they can put up another six spot or something um, to propel themselves to take the series win. Because at the end of the day, all we really want as angel fans is series wins, take two out of three, three out of four and stuff like that. So hopes were high coming into Sunday uh, afternoon, the getaway day, because they are going to Houston after this, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But one of the biggest questions coming into Sunday's game was Jose Quintana. Um, obviously, I've mentioned it a couple of times. I think he's just kind of been unlucky in a lot of his or in a couple of his starts. Um, the biggest one I can think of, obviously, is the one out in Florida against Toronto, where uh, you know early in the game, I think it was the second or third inning. If they get a double play ball and gets him out of that inning instead of, you know, a, a double air where, like I mentioned before, it should have been a double play. It should have been obstruction. It should have been an automatic out. If that does happen, he gets out of the inning and they don't end up scoring four or five, which uh, happened and he didn't even get out of that inning. So I was really interested to see how he would pitch against the Twins. Unfortunately, that's when the COVID thing happened. So he didn't even get his chance to, to, to pitch that weekend. His pushback again um, to today, Wednesday, and he kind of tweaked a little something with his uh, stance on the rubber. He he moved himself to the first base side. That was something that he was going to do against the Twins, but like I said before, due to COVID, he wasn't able to actually get out there on the mound. So I was really interested to see how he would do today with that adjust, adjustment. First inning, one, two, three, and then in the bottom of the first, Trout gets them on the board really quick. So here's Mike Trout batting, two outs, no one on, no score, and he swings at the pitch and lifts a high fly ball that's carrying deep out into right field. It is Trout here! Home run number six for Mike Trout. And just like you said, home run number six, back-to-back days for Trout. It seemed like he is getting that timing back, and you know what? We're not worthy! We're not worthy! So Trout puts them up 1-0 at the end of the first inning. Again, getting up really quick. You're hoping with Jose on the mound, Katana, that you can get him more run support so he didn't have to really worry about that stuff. And in the third inning, uh, Otani makes his presence felt as well. Shohei Otani hits a high fly ball to right field. To the wall. Goodbye. 
by the way, he's got a pretty good sprint going around. He won't even let us enjoy that home run for Shohei Otani. Let's get his sprint speed on that home run for Showtime. So Otani again hits a solo home run himself. They're up 2-0 after three. That was Otani's 100th, uh, 100th home run if you count Japan and the major leagues. He has 52 career home runs in Major League Baseball and 48 in Japan. So his 100th home run overall. Um, again, at this point, they're up 2-0. Uh, you're kind of hoping that they can continue this flow. It, you know, they tell pitchers it's okay to give up the solo home run. So that's exactly what Texas was doing, was giving up the solo home run. And you're just hoping, as an Angel fan, that that was going to be enough Um Texas would get on the board, though, in the fourth inning on a sack fly. But that very bottom of that very next inning, Upton comes up and continues his hot streak. Justin Upton toward the corner. That got over the wall and gone. Upton cracked his bat on his knee the first time up. That one there, he cracked right out of the ballpark for a home run. So, yeah, Upton, his first at-bat, did not like the call or did not like how he approached his uh, at-bat, breaks it over his knee, breaks the bat over his knee, Bo Jackson style, and then comes up and hits a home run. So at this point, it's three to one. You're, you're liking what you're seeing out of Jose Quintana. You're kind of liking how the, the feel this game was going to go, it being early, and yet them still putting up runs on the board. Jose would end up going five innings, which is kind of, you know, for a guy like that, and you want to see how his adjustment was, was going, that's exactly what you want to see. Five innings from Jose, give up two hits, one earned run, Four walks, so the walks are a little bit high, but eight strikeouts. So a lot of good things happening from this start from Jose Quintana. Um, like I mentioned before, adjusts himself on the on the rubber. Now is on the first base side. You wanted to see how this would affect him because Andrew Heaney did the same thing in, over the last few starts. Andrew has had a really good outings as well. So we continue to see these guys pitching and maybe making these little tweaks like that that can help the team down the line. Now with Quintana, um, hopefully starting again uh, at the beginning of next week, we can see the ball keep on rolling. And like I mentioned, uh, I think his first couple starts were just kind of bad luck. Um, but if he can kind of get it going and be a solid number four, number five, uh, that will help the Angels a lot. Well, after Quintana goes out again in the fifth inning, Chris Rodriguez would come in. He goes two and a third, gives a one hit, one run, one walk, four strikeouts for the Tyler Skaggs Foundation. So that's four more dollars for a Tyler Skaggs Foundation in our piggy bank um, that we are going to donate at the end of the year. So another good outing by him. And it really does look like they're using him as a multi-inning guy. Um, I think his first outing, I think he might have went an inning and a third or inning and two-thirds. But ever since then, it seems like it's been an inning or two-plus um, uh, for Chris. But now the, the down part about it is now they're going to probably give him a couple of days off. So you might not see him again, the Houston series. And if you do, it might be like the Sunday game. So we'll have to see how that goes out with, um, with Chris. Um, but after Chris comes in, Mike Myers comes in during the eighth with one on and one out that one on with obviously the walk by um, Chris, but you know, I, I, Mike pitched really well the night before. And I truly feel that with that work, I don't think it was a, a great idea to have him back in the night or the night, even the night, the day after. Again, last night being a night game, this day being a day game. Um, I, I think, you know, if it's a night game, if it's another seven o'clock, six thirty o'clock game, six thirty game, uh, that's a good move. But I just did not like the move of bringing um, 
I did not like the idea of bringing Mike out of the bullpen again. Uh, and it kind of showed uh, he would give off a walk. So now you have two on, and then he would give up a home run. And now it's five to three. Uh, again, pitching the inning in two thirds the night before. You know he's tired. I think his pitch count was around that 30 pitch mark, which is not great. Uh, we're also on Instagram Live, and uh, I don't I don't like how Madden only lets Rodriguez go through the lineup one time. Um, yeah, I think that's because he's young, and part of that is also, too, because of the injury aspect of it. They want to slowly work him into a guy that's probably going to be a starter. So you want to stretch him out, but you want to do it the right way. Um, if you know anything about Chris, he has struggled, struggled with back issues, so you want to make sure he's good because when he's out there, he's given 100%, and so you, you kind of have to save him from himself a little bit. Um, uh, what are your thoughts about Madden taking out Bundy on Monday? I think it was a good – Time taking him out. He just gave, like I mentioned, three singles. That gave three runs. I think that might have been uh, a good time to take him out. Um, so, like going back to this game today, Texas gets up five uh, three on that home run by Myers. Um, Texas would had uh, had one later in the game again, one by a walk and one by a balk. So that's not something you see every day. A, a, literally, a, a pitch not even pitches not even in play, but yet they score two runs, seven three. Um, Jose Iglesias would add a home run in the ninth, making it 4-7. But again, unfortunately, they were not able to um, catch up or hold the lead in this game. They absolutely lose what I would think a heartbreaker um, for this series, 7-4 to four against uh, the Rangers. Uh, and a very winnable series that they needed to win. They, You know, you just only hope that this doesn't come down to bite them in the ass later down the line. Um, but, you know, it just seemed like the Texas Rangers were able to kind of limit damage as far as you gave up the three home runs, which is great. You gave up three home runs, four home runs, sorry, all solo shots. And that's fine. That doesn't kill you. It's the three run home run. Like Myers gave up. That will kill you every single time. Uh, Angels were only one for three with runners in scoring position, but left six on base, which to me means you're getting like a guy on almost every inning, but that second or third guy behind them isn't really doing anything. And the hardest thing to do right now is put, hits after hits after hits together to get guys around um, the bases. And it seems like that's what they struggled with today with that stat. Again, one for three with runners left in scoring position and then six left on base in total. So um, again, a really, really tough loss, something that you, you would hope that the angels would, would fix. You hope the angels would be able to um, somehow get more production out of this, out of this lineup. Um, Unfortunately, unfortunately, but a scary moment in this game. Upton did leave this game with well, some kind of an injury. It wasn't known at the time what it was, but coming out after the game, um, Madden did say that it was just a cramp, and they took him out for that. And if anyone's had like a really bad cramp, you know how it it, it takes a little bit to get work it out. And with baseball being a sport where if you have to take the field and if you can't take it and they take you out, you can't come back in. It's not like football where you can take a series off and then come back in the game or basketball where you can, you know, uh, take a couple uh, trips down the court off and then get back in. Like once you're out, you're out, which, you know, it's kind of sucks for baseball, but that's what happened with Upton today. Should be back tomorrow against uh, Houston in Houston. Um, as we, as we sit right now, again, we are recording this Wednesday night. Um, the Oakland A's are just absolutely on a tear. 11 in a row. Uh, they're 12 and 7 overall. First place in the West. Seattle's right behind them, 11 and 7. Half game back. 
Angels dropped a third in the West, nine and seven, a game and a half back of Oakland. Texas is behind them by a game and a half. And then um, Houston uh, bringing up the rear four games back, um, losing three in a row. And that's exactly who the Angels are playing um, this weekend. So um, Upton should be back. Upton's not hurt. It was a cramp. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, I tend to believe it. You know, day games, night games after day games, if you don't hydrate properly or or anything like that, um, stuff like that can happen. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, But so let's move on to our upcoming matchups in Houston. Um, Obviously, like we mentioned, the four game series in Houston starting tomorrow on Thursday, a special announcement i guess with this game on thursday is that um it will be on youtube exclusively so uh youtube live go to youtube i guess it's on the mlb page is going to be there uh you can't find it on the regular valleys or anything like that it will be exclusively on youtube but the matchup is alex cobb um versus a rookie uh that they're bringing up uh the astros are cobb again was scheduled to pitch against the twins, but because of the COVID shutdown, they are bumping him back and he's getting the opening pitch, uh, opening game for the series against Houston. Um, that's a five ten start. Again, they're in Houston. So it starts a little bit earlier on YouTube. So make sure you, you know that and you make sure you see that when uh, you're looking for it on your TV. Friday is going to be really interesting in my eyes. Friday, uh, April 23rd, you have, uh, Andrew Heaney versus Zach Granke. And if you remember Zach Granke last time, uh, pitched the Angels really, really well. Andrew Heaney did make that adjustment the last two times with putting himself on the first base, base rubber. So you're hoping that it, uh, you know, it, it, it helps him and, and continues to help him uh, pitch. Now that Houston, from what I've last seen, is that they have gotten a lot of those guys um, – uh, back that were on the injury list. Uh, I think Bregman might or not Bregman. Uh, Tuve still might be out. Um, I think one other guy might be out, but they got the majority of those like seven guys back. So we'll see how that goes. Um, again, Houston lost today, I believe, but uh, Andrew Haney, Zach Greinke uh, on Friday, the 23rd. And then you got Saturday's game, uh, Griffin Canning versus Jake Odorizzi. That's a one ten start um, in the afternoon. Canning, we'll see how he does. Again, it always seems like he gets kind of in trouble a little bit early, and then he's able to settle down after that. Um, if that's the if that's the case, he has to stop that that momentum early and then settle down because um, the Astros are a team that can um, get it going and roll and roll and roll. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Jake Odorizzi, not great. 0-2, 10.57 ERA, a guy that the Angels were looking at. That Houston ended up getting after all their injuries um, happened during the spring training. So um, he struggled out of the gate. So we'll see if those struggles continue. And hopefully the struggles continue. And then we have Sunday. Sunday, 11, 10 a.m. So a little brunch action for your Angels. That is Bundy against McCullers. McCullers coming back. I believe he's been injured for a little while. So it'll be his first return uh, in a bit. But Bundy takes the mound. Um, hopefully angels are able to get him that first victory of the season. He's 0 and two right now with a four and a half ERA McCullers is one and one with a 5.27 ERA. Um, still kind of early to kind of depends things on ERA, but, um, that should be also a really good pitching matchup. I, I like the matchups this weekend. I think Cobb, uh, obviously you would think over a rookie making his major league debut would have the advantage there, but 
it seems always seems to me that the Angels struggle when a guy comes in and makes his like major league debut or makes the, his debut against the Angels. Maybe it's because they haven't seen him, not able to see him as much because of the there's no film or anything like that. Um, but it always seems like they struggle against like those newbies. So hopefully that doesn't continue tomorrow. Um, like I mentioned, Haney versus Granky. If Haney continues to improve after moving himself to the first base side of the rubber, then um, you know that could be a really a really good pitcher's duel. I really think the Angels could put up a lot of runs on Odorizzi. I'm hoping for it. Uh, that's the kind of the game, if you're going to say they're going to score over six runs, uh, I would say Saturday is probably the game they do that out of the four. I think Bundy and McCullers is going to be a pitching duel. That game will probably be, um, you know, a, a three to four, two to one, kind of somewhere around their ball game. But a, a big series out in Texas. And kind of like we mentioned, Houston is desperate to start winning some games. Uh, Angels need to get some kind of momentum. They are playing Houston and then they're going to Texas right after. And, um, Need to do good in Texas. Need to get some wins back. Need to get some of that mojo back because, like I mentioned before, the A's are absolutely killing it right now. They are kind of who we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year, a team that's going to sit up top of the AL West, either in first or second place all year long, and that's exactly what they're turning into after. Um, I believe they lost seven in a row, and now they're just kind of running off, or six in a row, and now they're just running off wins after wins. And and if you saw how they won today against the Twins, um, taking advantage of errors. I mean, I think that's something the Angels need to do. That is something that uh, I don't think they've benefited from, too, as, as teams making a lot of mistakes on, by them. So, um We'll see how it goes. Again, they're in Houston for four, and then they're going to be in uh, Arlington right after that for next weekend. And we'll talk about that, obviously, on Sunday night. But a big series. Um, We'll see how that goes. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll start taking questions. And I'll just kind of give you my um, overall view of what this last week has been. So uh, hold on, and we'll be right back after this. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now going to be on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.ag has your betting action covered. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as the teams prepare to make their push for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, like it is mine, BetOnline has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, guess what? BetOnline has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates, and this is the place for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline. Your outdoor experience could be better, clearly better. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. Using Japan optics, Canon lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than other lenses and are nearly impossible to scratch. With frames handcrafted in Italy, Canon sunglasses elevate your experience outside with a degree of clarity beyond your wildest imagination. Use the exclusive code KNUN15 at KNUN.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. KNUN, clearly better. And we are back. Again, I want to thank our sponsors. Um, so I'm going to open up for questions. Anyone has any questions? I am I am on Instagram Live right now, and I am on streaming live on our Facebook, um, YouTube, Twitter questions. Go ahead and leave them in the comments. Go ahead and um, 
post them here on uh, our Instagram and uh, just want to say hi to everyone that's watching right now. Again, on both streaming services, uh, really appreciate it. Really appreciate you guys hanging in there through this season. Um, some news for the podcast. We are going to have a mother's day special. Like we did last year, last year, we talked to Sonia Marsh, Brandon Marsh's mom. That was a lot of fun. So mother's day in a couple of weeks, we will have another, um, mother's day special. So look out for that. Um, so kind of going back to what happened this week, um, you know, I asked a couple of people around to see what you feel like, what's a good number of, uh, games to be played before you actually have a feeling of who this team is. Because I feel like, honestly, we don't know who this team is. There's a lot of ups and downs through a season. And I, and I think as angel fans, as you know, as angel players, I still don't think there is a, um, good feeling of what this team is um you know so i'm interested to hear what you guys think how many games is too many games or how many games is enough games to know who this team is i've gotten everything from a month of 30 games to uh 75 to 80 games i've gotten 45 games it's really interesting to see how people look at the season and how many games it takes to um before you know what this team is, uh, this team again is, is, is kind of hanging around, you know, with obviously the games missed because of the COVID situation, another game missed because of, because of weather um, the angels have only played 16 games so far and we're, you know, coming pretty close to the end of the month. Um, so obviously a lot can happen between now and then uh, I got 30 games here on our Instagram live, but one thing that, that makes me feel like we don't know who this team is yet is that we have not been completely healthy for a while. And even when Rendon gets back, we still kind of have to figure out that right field position. Um, Rendon should be back sometime in Texas. They were not saying if it was going to be Houston, if it was going to be when they're in Arlington, my personal thought is going to be somewhere around uh, Sunday to Monday. That's, I don't know why I don't know that for a fact. I don't, I haven't asked around, but I kind of feel like it's going to be a Sunday to Monday kind of deal. He was, he Rendon was able to come off the IL today. Obviously they didn't, um, but expect them. I think in that Houston game or that last game in Houston on Sunday um, to, to come back. And hopefully that helps the team. It lengthens that lineup. It, it, it creates a lot more havoc in that lineup. Um, and we'll, and we'll see how that goes. Um, I say around 65 games, you can see what kind of atmosphere is in the locker room. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing too. You mentioned the atmosphere in the locker room, the atmosphere in this locker room does seem to be different than years past. And obviously you're only able to see that when they're on the field and they're kind of going back and forth, but it does seem like it's different. It seems like they have a little more edge to them, whether it's, Walsh and Upton doing, you know, the bat flips, the bat drops, or just the way Otani at times seems to show a little more attitude. It does seem like they have a better um, kind of uh, um, overall clubhouse presence this season. And I don't know if it's because now they're probably able to be around each other more because 2020 they're so separated because of the COVID situation. But now this year they can kind of be more as a team other than on the field or what, but I definitely do think uh, they are doing a lot better uh, clubhouse wise in years past. Rondon's not very good. Well, I mean, if Rondon's not very good, then, you know, he's still better than what they have right now playing at third base. Um, you know, Jose Rojas, I mentioned it before. 
once the minor league season starts in the beginning of May, I would I would like to see him, or I wonder if they will send him down to Salt Lake to kind of get his confidence and kind of get his timing back. Um, it just seems like when he is out there, and he did start, I believe, on uh, Tuesday night, it just seems like he's overmatched. He's not seeing it very well. Um, he doesn't know what's going on out there as far as on, at the plate, and that's why you, you, they brought him up because he always did. He always killed the ball in Salt Lake. He always did a really good job. Um, putting the ball in play and, and, and just seems like he hasn't been able to do that. So I hope they put, take him down, let him kind of get a momentum going. And then if need be, bring him back up. But you know, when Rendon comes back, there's going to have to be a move somewhere. And that might be the guy um, can't stay healthy, man. And Myers should have had the day off. I agree. I said that earlier, Myers, if Myers goes one inning on, on Tuesday and you bring him in today, that's cool. Like I can see that that's not a problem, but the fact that you pretty much use him for two innings the night before um and now it's a day game i think that i was surprised that that wasn't like an automatic n- unavailable for myers and they kind of did bite him um what else we got here i don't like the three batter rule myers wouldn't have given up that second home run yeah um that three batter rule is kind of still kind of get used to it i'm, I'm not crazy about it either i don't know how much um and i know they imp- implemented it to, s- to speed up the game i don't know by how much it has or if it has or any of that stuff. So um, not a big fan of it either. You would like to go and, and, um, and, 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 you know, obviously be able to play matchup when need be, but it just seems like, you know, with the three minimum, you, you can't really do that. So be, you know, it's a rule and maybe next season they will look at it and maybe get rid of it. Who knows? But you know, that, that is a really, hard uh rule to play with so obviously like i mentioned earlier otani might start on monday that's kind of the early rumors about it and so you're kind of hoping that with otani on for monday um he's able to knock more and more of that rust off and go a little bit longer um obviously offensively he's done great obviously offensively he's done everything you expect him to do him and trout seem to be going back and forth on the home run leader uh for the angels one day Otani has it, the next day Trout has it, and going back and forth, which is a lot of fun to see. Pitching-wise, you know, I, I kind of feel like right now they need to slowly work him in because he is doing so good offensively that you don't necessarily need him to pitch every sixth day if, if health doesn't allow it. Get him healthy, get him going. Um, I mean, his ERA, again, is, is super lo- super small, but it's only kind of two outings, but um, – We'll see how Otani does on Monday, hopefully, again, against Texas. Um, they'll be able to see him again. You'll see if they, Texas, made any kind of adjustments to him this time. And hopefully, hopefully, he also bats because um, it's pretty cool when you can kind of put yourself in a situation to be up four or be up three because you hit a home run or um, anything like that. Um, so, you know, what we're doing here, obviously, is going to do another podcast Sunday night. Kind of like we mentioned it, um, the game's early in the morning, so we'll probably end up doing another podcast Sunday Sunday night, 5, 6 o'clock. Uh, follow us on our social media feed for that. Instagram, Twitter, uh, uh, YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube. You'll get uh, an alert when we schedule the next uh, podcast. Uh, question, how can we upgrade our pitching when uh, when none want to join Trout? We asked Garrett Cole, he didn't want to, uh, and we asked Bueller, he didn't want to come. I don't think it's, it's nothing about 
Yeah, it's nothing about Trout. It's just those pitchers were, were were super expensive. And when you have a guy like Pujols on the books for one more year, you know, that's taken up a lot of that payroll uh, flexibility. Um, you know, we'll see what happens this offseason. Syndergaard it seems to be like the, the big name a lot of people want, but, you know, he's not pitching right now. He's going to be pitching maybe in the middle of the year to late in the year coming off of Tommy John, and you're just not sure what that is going to look like um, going forward. But, you know, you look at this rotation and how it's set up right now. Bundy, Heaney, Canning, um, Quintana. Um, but, you know, you look at guys like Reed Detmers, and we'll probably end up seeing him at some point in the season. You look at a guy like Chris Rodriguez, and everyone loves Chris Rodriguez, and you see what he can do. You know, he's scheduled to be a starter. He is scheduled to be a guy that you can put out there. Um, you know, I, so I, over the long term, I kind of like where this pitching staff is is, is, is going to be. Uh, and we'll see. Um, Bauer didn't come because of the Angels pitching coach. I don't think that was it. I think that's part of it. I don't think that's all of it. Um, and we talked about it with, with the – mentality in the locker room that locker room seems to be really 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 doing really really well and i think the angels were worried about bringing in someone like a bauer to mess it up or or possibly mess it up because if you listen to any kind of press conference perry had or joe had in the offseason they they said that atmosphere was very important to them and i don't know if they want to take a risk with that being said i'm sure if the price was right they would have brought bauer in but because he kind of priced himself out of it i'm i'm guessing they didn't see the the risk being worth the reward uh when it came to a bauer if Bauer would retire does his money come off the books i mean he retires after next year it doesn't matter you know uh, his money comes off the books already um you know if he retires in the middle of the season i don't think that happens but if he didn't retire in the middle of the season i think they uh, they might uh it might come off the books but at this point i mean it doesn't help. It doesn't do anything. The, the free agent market is over for the most part. So um, you only have Albert to the end of this year. It comes out and then that's it. It feels like every time hang dog, Otani or Quintana start, the team needs to have a long man on standby. Um, I think Otani right now is because of the blister. You see Otani can go deeper into the games. Um, Quintana, you know, we'll see how that goes again. Um, he, he his his walks were up there, and that obviously will bite into your pitch count and make guys uh, make it bring you out. But um, you know you, you might need long guys in the fifth inning. But right now, that's kind of how they're using Chris. They're using him as a two inning guy. So if you got a guy that goes five, you get Chris that goes two. Now you're in the eighth inning, and you can set up your closer and um, set up guy and closer perfectly. So I think that's what the kind of what they're doing. But the walks are hurting those guys too. They walk less, their pitch count. Obviously, doesn't go as high, and you'll be okay. Marino does have the money to afford Cole and Bauer. My belief is he he didn't. Uh, Rendon wouldn't be here. Um, I mean, he has the money, but then you also have to look at the luxury tax, and if the if he wants to go over the luxury tax, I mean, you say Artie can afford it, but so can every other owner in baseball. Artie's not. I mean, Artie's not that special when it comes to that. Artie is. Um, a guy that's trying to make money. And if he doesn't see it as a good investment, then he doesn't make it a good investment. Um, but he is one of those hard line negotiators. And I've talked to a couple guys that know that he is very much the types like here, this is what I see you at the value. Um, 
and this is all on budging. So we'll see what how that and and usually you know if that helps or not in business, it helps. It just seems like it doesn't seem like it's helped um, attracting free agents. So maybe that changes this off season or maybe not. I don't know, but it seems like uh, Artie is definitely a guy that says, this is what I'm giving you. That's it. Uh, the fact that we're overusing our bullpen is worrying me. You, uh, yeah, but you kind of hope that the depth will show itself. I mean, you still have Sandoval. You have not used Jaime Brea. you, kind of used but not really and i mean in his situation getting called up the day and using that night was kind of weird but there is guys in the minor leagues that are kind of that in between that like 4a kind of guys that can give you help um in in the bullpen so we'll see how that goes myers breakdown in the last and is the latest example i i mean if you know obviously you probably give myers tomorrow off but if you're in a situation where you need a guy to hold uh, the lead on, you know, uh, Friday or Saturday. I'd have no problem putting uh, Myers back out there. I think that's a bad play as far as back-to-back days like that. Artie didn't make good investments in Los Angeles marketing. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's how Artie got his got his money: is marketing and billboards. And and he's is a this is what I'm going to give you, and that's all. And then it works in that kind of business. It hasn't worked very well in this kind of a business. Felix Pena should help absolutely. Another move that. It should be coming hopefully soon, honestly. Um, you kind of heard rumors that he was going to get called up or not called up, but activated from the IL during the Minnesota series. That didn't happen because of the shutdown. It didn't happen again to uh, this series with Texas. So it just seems like he's always kind of around the corner. So we'll see when Felix Pena comes. And that's another guy that can give you two innings, three innings. He is a long, uh, a long reliever a guy, or even a guy, if you need to be a spot starter. So, um, he definitely adds more depth to this bullpen. And if you remember from last year, Joe does not mind him use doesn't mind using him at all in high leverage situations, whether it be uh seventh inning with people on and the eighth inning holding the lead or even the ninth inning um saving a game. I think he had a couple of save opportunities last season, if I remember correctly. Any news on the re- uh Rendon return? Last I heard is that they are expecting him to return at some point in Texas. We just don't know if it's going to be Houston for the next four games or they have three against Texas, uh, the Houston Rangers, or Houston Rangers, Texas Rangers after that. But it will be somewhere in there. I, 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 I honestly think in the bottom of my gut, and again, I have no idea. I haven't talked to anybody. I think it's going to be um, Sunday. But again, like I mentioned, I, this, I think they're slowly working back to play Sunday. He was el- eligible to come off the I.L., Today, they didn't do it. So now kind of from this point on, it's going to be like a day-to-day thing when they feel he is ready. He did take ground balls um, and all that stuff. Uh, so that's a good sign. Um, how much Otani worth to extend his contract to you? Well, they already extended him. He's on contract for the next three years. So that's a done deal. And, I, you know, that was a really, really good deal for the Angels. And um, obviously – when you're able to, you know, he came so early in his development, not spending a whole lot of time in Japan. So you didn't have to give him a huge um, free agent type of contract. He was making, I mean, honestly, until this point, until this last contract extension, he was making league minimum or, uh, you know, or pretty close to it. Um, they just gave him the extension. I believe it was for three years. So um, that, obviously kind of helps the angels when it comes to balancing out 
any kind of future um, budget. And again, with with Pujols coming off, they're going to be able to work that budget around. Two year extension. He's making three three million this year, five and a half next year. Um, and just what he's doing offensively, I think it's worth it. And then if you're able to um, get any kind of a pitching from him, then obviously that that's that's a huge plus. So um, yeah, definitely think. Um, definitely think Otani's been worth it. Not a question, but just wanted to compliment you on the job well done. Keep it up. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, should we call up Joe Adele soon? Uh, we have the we have to believe he's coming soon, uh, factoring in Fowler injury. I don't think Adele's coming up soon as far as like within the next month. I do think the Angels and Joe said it all throughout the offseason. He wants him to get him in there against minor league pitching. Like competition wise, like you know, some serious competition in minor league parks um, that he missed out last year. So I honestly think it'll be something around um, uh, in the summer. I, I would say like June, July is probably might be the first time you see um, Adele. Hopefully, Lagars gets back soon. I think that will help out the right field spot. Um, you know, he he was also eligible to come back today. He might be a little bit longer. Same with Stasi. I'm hearing Stasi and Lagars might be another weekish, so we'll see how that plays out. But again, once those guys start coming back, that's going to help this depth because I kind of led this podcast off by saying, and I truly believe it, when they have all their players, this Angels offense is one of the best in baseball. But once it gets past that, and you start having to go to the depth depth pieces, it's it, it, it's a drastic, drastic drop off, and that's something that Angels can't afford to have for long terms. These injuries should Angels stop at Blue Jay? Uh, should stop Blue Jay to trade where you trade? I think his pitching. Yeah, I mean they should, but I think the Blue Jays are going to be in, and there's going to be no reason for the Blue Jays to trade Ryu um, at all this year. I think if anything, Blue Jays are going to be looking to add um, uh, add pieces towards the trade deadline. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what what pieces the angels go after during the trade deadline. Um, any word on Taylor Ward or is he still battling with the thing going on in, in this world? You know what? That's the last I heard. And that's exactly what Joe Madden said. Quote, the thing, the things going on in this world, he didn't elaborate any more than that. And that was like two or three days ago. Um, they have not yet mentioned anything. Um, we'll see if something happens and if something comes out by Sunday or maybe I'll even reach out and see if I can have someone ask, have someone that I know that can talk to Joe and have him ask Joe, uh, and get back and have something for your, you guys on Sunday night. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the all angels podcast. Again, I want to thank you guys all that are watching on our Facebook, our YouTube, our Twitter, our Instagram live, uh, really appreciate it. We'll be back Sunday night um, to talk about the Houston uh, Astro series. Look ahead to the Texas series. Hopefully we got a little bit better news next time. Hopefully we'll have a, a winning streak uh, coming back or coming over from Houston. Uh, should be a lot of fun to watch though. I like a lot of those pitching matchups and I think it's going to help um, the angels to, to face a struggling team like Houston and help the Angels get and get their mojo back. So again, we'll be back Sunday night, right here, same place. Um, podcast, obviously, download it, subscribe, rate, review. If you're on Apple Podcasts, 
subscribe to our social media feed, subscribe to our YouTube page. Again, trying to grow this thing more and more. And as the season progresses, we'll try to be able to get more of these players on, uh, hopefully on some off days, reaching out and stuff like that and um, bring you more interviews. And now that minor league season's coming up, um, those guys are usually pretty fun to get a hold of and, and talk to a little bit. So hopefully we'll be able to do that more and more as uh, more and more stuff obviously opens up. So, um, Maybe we'll see you at a ball game because now we're open. I've been to a couple. Uh, hopefully, run into uh, run into you guys at ball games. Don't be don't be shy. Come and say hi. Um, but until next time, I am Dan Garcia, and this has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.